Okay, I hope everybody knows that it doesn't take an extra 25 hours for the plane to land, and we're back tonight. Uh, the plan was to be here exactly on time, and then, yeah, and then yet uh, in, uh, in Denver, they announced that it's not American Airlines' fault. The air traffic controllers in New York said that they're watching for tornadoes and storms and all sorts of things, and therefore we're not leaving until they clear it up. So, um, well, actually, I'll tell you, peace out to Shmaias. I sent an email right away to Michael that there's no shear, although I was debating whether or not to send the email because I don't want people not to come to learn, but on my side, I wanted to be honest. I found out a few hours later when I got a text from you that that email didn't go through, which is rare. And it was Siat Shmaya because if there were people here, they wouldn't have not come and they wouldn't have got the Sarlich and the learning that they did get. So I guess that's a good thing, which wasn't planned. And sure enough, we came in uh, two hours late. The other piece, the other small nace was that I was um, realizing that if they take off two hours late, I'm not going to make mincha. And the plane was so small, I couldn't even stand up to dab mincha. But it's very bedievit. And it was stuck on the plane. It was sitting there on the plane. And they won't let us off. And I started thinking, what am I going to do? And then a couple of minutes later, Sturtis announces that they're asking everybody to get off the plane, which made no sense whatsoever. Because she said, you get off the plane, come back in 20 minutes. Just like we had a mincha break. I don't know what they were thinking. So everybody got off the plane. The 100, it wasn't a tiny plane. There was a people. Everybody got off the plane. And apparently they thought they had more time. And, they, and then they told us to not go far because we might be getting back. And sure enough, it was just enough time to have milk. We got back in the plane 20 minutes later. Couldn't figure that one out. Then we sat in the plane for another hour. So all that was to Dav Mincha. There was only one Jew in the plane that I could see. So, uh, me. <laughs> so, uh, it was very, um, was very interesting. The other interesting thing I noticed, I had never been in uh, Denver. Um, oh, John, you're here. Okay, good. So, uh, I noticed uh, when I landed, you guys are really surrounded by white snow-capped mountains. I thought that was in the storybooks. It was unbelievable. Now, had I, I almost made a bracha. They told me Rav Shimon Schwab when he visited did make a bracha, but they told me he got closer. I didn't have an extra hour to take a drive to get a closer look. I was just seeing it from the distance. You had the regular mountains, and then behind them you had the wider mountains. I didn't make a bracha lamaise, even though I had a temptation to. But that's bracha material. I guess, uh, John, if you grew up there, then you probably don't notice it anymore. But it was quite stunning even from a distance. So, um, so if you uh, do get there, try to build in another half hour if you can uh, and <laughs> actually get to the mountains and then you can, uh, you can make a bracha. But uh, they, uh, they told me that they just opened up the season. It closed all winter because in June, July, and August, they opened up the big park there and you can go anytime during the summer and it's like 36 degrees and have a snowball fight, which is unique. Say the least, and uh, to prove it, the fellow sitting next to me in the plane showed me a picture of him in a snorkel uh, up there yesterday. Like, and, uh, quite an amazing what? Snorkel? Uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever they call it. Uh, what they call? What were they call those coats? Not a snorkel, a um, parka, but it, it had another name. With it. So anyway, yeah, it was in a, one of those, uh, and it was. He said it was. He said it was freezing. It was like 35, 36 degrees which I guess you're used to out there. You guys, uh, you ever been, like, I mean, I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Did you ever go to the mountains? There? I assume you did. John, no? You grow up? Did you ever visit there? Do locals actually go to those mountains once in a while? Not really. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it was quite, uh, quite an amazing picture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Remember I told you that some wanted to claim by Niagara Falls, maybe can't make the bracha as they changed the direction of the falls. I'm not sure how much of that, how much they changed it. These mountains, I'm pretty confident, were there from before. So, uh, so you know, that's a, that's a real, uh, real bracha. It's quite, I guess, even from a distance, it looked quite stunning. I can imagine what it looks like uh, over there. So it's, um, I guess you can get that in the Canadian Rockies also, but there aren't that many. Uh, Wesley Hills, you know, you learned there? Oh, so you know, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, tonight we start Sivov. Hey, Dresh, I involve Sivov. I have some very fascinating uh, stories from the one-day trip. We're going to save those for Shabbos, in case you were wondering. That was just the halachic angle of things. doesn't fit into a drasha. Sivov. I mentioned to you, the next two Sifim are going to talk about Maimid which some of you brought up. You have a clee, and the inside is being held by a different, uh, let's say the inside's wood, the outside's metal, or vice versa, we're going to discuss both cases. So do you go bust for the maimid, or do you go bust for the, the clee? And there's a big enough camino. Somebody, I think, asked me about uh, the thermos, where the inside's glass, and the outside was plastic. So that would be, uh, that would be possibly an example. Inside glass, though. So over there, uh, the item touching the food is what's Dover uh, Machaya, which will play a role, as we'll see. Let's see, Sivvav. Kli eitz sheyesh loy chashukim shel barzel. These are little straps of metal. The inside are pieces of wood being held together on the outside by metal brackets, if you'll call it. Chashukim shel barzel mi bachutz. Shmamidin oisoi. And this is holding up the whole kli. Enai ta'on tfilah which is uh, a chiddush, because even though the inside is wood, that's touching the food, but the whole thing exists because of the metals, you would say, maybe go off to the maimid. Kamash Malan, maimid does play a role in certain areas. It doesn't, according to the opinion of the Mechaber over here. Take a look at Mem Hei. Everything on the inside, including the base, is wood, strips of metal, the bottom, another one on the top going across, horizontally, it doesn't touch, uh, the food doesn't touch it. Wood does not require tefillah. There's no dindra bonon on either. Over here, the wood wouldn't stand at all without the barzel. We don't say it goes after the maimed, which is metal. Why not? Maimed normally does play a role. Maimed means the part that actually touches the food, and here it's the wood. There's a small dissenting opinion. Some say it is a suffix and one should try to get another kli and potter it or be tabled out of bracha. And some say you do go after the maimid. The machaber clearly holds it's not even a suffix, but other acharnim hold it's chayav and therefore one should at least be tabled out of bracha or get another kli.
Mem vav chashukim shabarzim achutz. Nira hu adinim yesh lo yaseidu shabarzim achush. Mamidina salashitis machaber. If you have pegs, nails, ain't so atfila dash nil el basamat so atfila the same machlekes mi bechutz mem zayin. Avim yesh lo chashukim shabarzim ofnim. If any part is touching on the inside. Which we'll see soon. If it's a and it's touching the food, it has both milas that requires tefila, and that will be the sheet of the Ramal later. And um, let's see, Siv Zion, the flip side. Here, the inside is silver and is being bracketed, is being held on the outside by wood. So, Tzarech Tefila. It goes by the inside, whatever's touching the kli, even though it's only being held together by the outside. And as he mentions, uh, inside a memches, that would depend on the machlekes they had before, and we would consider the lachlamais the same machlekes. Uh, should we go by the inside or by the Therefore, again, be terrible without a bracha or find something else. Ramal, the next page, Reishayim Ches Vachain. Reishayim Shalpilpil, and you have a mill. Crushing pepper, peppers or Crushing many things. Pepper was a common example. Shabbosaycha eats. Now picture this. You have um, the what's it called? The fancy thing, the mortar and the pestle. I think pestle, pestle. How do you pronounce it? It has a silent t, a t or pestle. Pestle is silent. Okay, pestle as in uh, as in avodazari. Okay, so uh, not to be confused with this one over here. This one's kosher. So you're taking this and it's crushing the uh, the peppers. Inside, it has it's made of wood. Inside this wood is a small piece of metal. Apparently the metal is tougher and it does a better job. Why don't you make the whole thing out of metal? Too expensive. So does it require a tefillah or not? Is there a minimum shear if 95% of the clee is non-tefillah material like wood and you have a small piece of metal, would that be mechaivit? And the answer is yes, if the metal is the part that's touching the food which is exactly what's going on. But they put this metal in, so when it does the crushing action, that's going to be uh, the part that hits the thing that on, and it's going to do a good job. It's so, not like uh, pasak, you mix it in. Yeah, pasak is baltabaroi, but that goes, only goes in the product. Here we're talking about how to don this cleave of Do we don it as a wooden cleave or a metal cleave? The answer is this, this metal is doing it. And by the way, all the shilas we discussed the last few weeks, Legabe... Uh, a lot of the electric appliances, the Keurig and things like that. Uh, we didn't rediscuss the Keurig, but we'll get back to it. All these things are mainly plastic because it saves money. And then the heating element where the water goes through has to be metal because plastic can't be a heating element. So even though it's a very, very small amount of metal, but that's a pretty important part. That's what caused the problem in the first place. And that's based on this, this raw mob. Take a look at Nun on this page. Even though most of it is wood. And maybe you can say as far, which we will say in a different circumstance, that the metal is tuffle and bottle. By he, and we're going to see later on, we're going to have a case of that. Since the reason they put this metal in this rechaim is because you need something stronger to crush the item. Both advantages added touches the food. Which we have yet to see. There will be a case where the basil is a small amount, but that's not, it's small and it's really tuffle. In which case, it's a different story. If you remember the case of the pottery, 
which was covered on the inside. The Ramah said uh, it was covered with a glaze, and he said that uh, it's still without a bracha because the suffix maybe it's there only for beauty, for the aesthetic value of it. The shiny husam sheha avar barak lenoi, possibly it's only there for beauty. This thing is, has a purpose, the purpose directly related to the food, and it is touching the food. You have a coffee grinder, even if it's all metal. Why? You should have enough information to answer that question already. It's a step removed. As you all know, when you crush the coffee beans, it's still not ready to go. What do you have to do after that? You have to roast them. What about the meat grinder? Same thing. Same thing. To cook it afterwards, all the the sakin shal shchita category. Gam kofi and a royal achila rak acha bishuloi. Af ladei ashnei shavam v'sipkat lamatesi. Yeshlam b'dachat zar litro meisher chayim elu ruiim l'sakin shamach. Remember, we had that shaila. If you can use the chayim for something else, so then everybody will be maskim, even though it's intended to use the coffee beans. But since you could use it for something else, opposed to something which can only be used for this cookie shaper, which um, I don't remember if I told you, but uh, Shlomo Rubenstein did email me. He was a couple nights behind, so he didn't disappoint you. <laughs> he, was, was like, he got a barrage of uh, things calling him out. And um, among the very many pieces of information he sent me, he said that he actually has used those little star-shaped, uh, well, I was describing them as a, as a dough molder. He actually used them on bread that was already baked. No. So again, if, if, if you have that application if, in your house, then that would be uh, more of a reason why it would be chayiv. I missed the, the, the work here that people now eat Well, going back to our, our Bishul, Bishulakam uh, thing, we've had the argument with the steak tartare, but the shaylis is that enough? And, and, and if you're buying it, this is a little subjective because you're buying it for your house and you know nobody ever eats it raw, then it wouldn't be. And the coffee beans, nobody eats raw. I mean, nobody. I might get an email about that tonight, but I haven't. I've yet to be uh, surprised about about anything. But Lamaisa, uh, it's uh, they're pretty bitter, pretty bitter after you roast them. Also, chocolate covered. No, those are that's a name. You didn't see really. They call them real coffee beans. What do you do when you get to the center after you suck off the coffee, the chocolate? You ever had them? If it's if it's if it's a a non-roasted bean. They're probably roasted. Okay. Yeah, no, see what we're talking about before it's roasted. No. Is after toad? You can't, can't grind them? Mm, I don't know about that because he says, uh, I mean, what he's discuss, discussing over here is that it's not really lachila until after Bishel. Because you need to cook the, the ground coffee. That's what you need to do. That's the step. Mm, it's, it's roasted and then ground up and then cooked. No, no, what we put is on instant coffee. That's, that's a second bishop. No. You're talking about... Putting it either into a coffee, coffee maker, a drip, or uh, espresso machine. Okay, okay. That's, that's the way... You, if you took uh, this, ground, this roasted coffee in a fine granule form and you put it in cold water, it would not dissolve at all, even given time? It doesn't dissolve, but there is actually cold brewing of water. Yeah, which I think you mentioned once. I'm saying, so that then... Then it doesn't really need something. It's actually very That's what I'm saying. So that I remember your, your brother was saying so then it doesn't need the whole shot over here is like a sock and shoshita because it needs another. Okay, so there you are. I didn't have to wait for an email. So then then this wouldn't be so pushy. Yeah. 
this description. Okay, I thought he was saying that they got it before they they roasted it. That's that's the mitzvah. Okay, so then it would look. The suggestion is do it without a bracha anyway, but then you should really do it because uh, it's it's, it's Even it might you not be. Won't do it yourself. So again, if you absolutely don't and you have no intention, then maybe this, this is. I don't think anybody. Maybe fancy people. Are people grinding their own beans at home? I guess some of the fancy machines. Why, it's fresher if you do that? And they're just buying beans, and then they're... Uh, and, and it's, and it's uh, fresher, more geschmack, or they just, it's in their mind? It's, it's, it's like... Okay. People who know, know the difference. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's... Uh, remind me to um, mention this on Shabbos, because uh, it was... Yeah, somebody's... Somebody called me from the shul... Actually, somebody wanted to buy something for somebody in the shul. And they started describing to me this, uh, this thing that just came out about a year ago, a year and a half ago, where it's a whole very fancy machine. It's a few hundred dollars, this item. And it basically puts a needle into a cork, and it goes into the wine, and then it puts a gas in, and then you can pour it out, and that way you don't have to open it up. So it wasn't open, and the next week and the week after, it's actually still good. And have to be in a local wine store, you know, without seeing the thing. He, they want to know about Hilchah Shabbos. So without seeing it, I got to understand it works. So I have to mention it to him. And he said, oh, we, we sell them. So I have one. brought out one. We looked at it. We studied it. We, we talked about it. And I don't think there's an issue. The, the cork actually, if the real cork, actually, as you take it out, closes up very, very quickly. So you're not really making a Pesach that's going to be Niskayim. Um, that should be... This to our but he said it's very not misguided. Like as soon as you pull it out, it'll it'll close off. And I understood from him that you use it just to pour that meal, and then you pull it out like a half hour later. So we discussed in the Hilchah Shabbos. So I said, how much is it? He says like a few hundred dollars. I think he said. I said that's expensive. He said it actually saves you money because anybody who's buying high ended wine, there is they're, they're hesitant to open it because then you got to finish it, and then they finish it, and then they just use the whole bottle of wine. It's just so funny because I was in there buying a bottle of wine for $12, which is high-ended for me. Uh, and uh, I said, I never had the problem. He said, use your wine from week to week? I said, like, month to month? I, he said, really? I said, I never tasted the difference. <laughs> he looked at me. I was, actually, I don't taste the difference. But I understood, in theory, based on this year we've had, that one who was buying much more expensive wine and understand, you know, could they? But it's all a question of what you're used to. It doesn't taste, I was trying to convince him and that he couldn't understand, which was, I was, I think, being more open-minded. I, I can understand why somebody would think it doesn't taste good. He couldn't understand why anybody would think it does taste good. That's what amazed me about the conversation. And I'm talking weeks and weeks sitting in my fridge and I make it, and it tastes like the you know, same thing. It tastes like I, my mom can't. Like the like exactly it. right. I, I'm, not, I'm not very fond of it. I don't dislike it, but I'm not, if I dislike it, I wouldn't use it, but I'm not very fond of it. It's a dry wine, so it's dry. Dry wine's not supposed to taste that good. And it, it doesn't taste that good. I don't know, for me, it, it tastes more like dry wine three weeks later. Uh, so uh, so I, I get fully that, that somebody really likes it. I was into their wine, would understand it. So I said, I said people would really spend the money. He said, yeah, because it, for the, those who really want it. Uh, anyway, just an interesting... Uh, you know, so the guys who are grinding their, their beans are probably the same guys who buy this product. Yeah. It's amazing. It, so it's a whole, it's a very... The in the house, and then the in the house. Is there a problem now? No, so he, the person who called me, I have to speak about it because I have a feeling it's no good to a lot of people. And it's the first, he's the first one. I was amazed that nobody asked before and they said, no, the product's recently on the market. It's not like a 10-year-old product. Okay, yeah, he said, the, the guy at the store said it's only out about a year. 
So I, I remind me, I have to think about a Shabbos because Libby Emily in this show, there might be one or two people who might be shy to the parsha of, of a higher-ended wine, and it might be interesting to somebody. But, so they asked me two shilas, Helcha Shabbos, and in terms of the cork and tikkun mana, and then they asked from the other end, they said, would this be considered closed once I take it out, because the cork does close up. Is this closed, Lagabi the guy? You're asking from the opposite end. You're saying maybe the guy could sneak in and take and no one would know the difference. So I, so I wonder if he didn't show me, the thing he showed me was still closed and he didn't show me a cork. Maybe next time I go in there, I should ask him, he probably would show me. When he said it closes up, it closes up, you mamish can't tell that anybody's been here? That, yeah? He said it closes up very quickly. So, what? I mean, you got to open up. Does it come with a cellophane? Isn't there? No, you're not. But isn't there, what's a, by the wine, isn't there an outer casing that you have to first open first? Isn't that like a tinsel? You mean the same? You mean the, just like you snuck in, so the cleaning lady's going to sneak in. First of all, she has to know how to use this device, so she's got to know how to read. If you're the cleaning lady knows how to read, you're probably overpaying. I'm not, I'm not convinced that's the case, but uh, no, m- most of them are not they can be very nice people, but they, most of them are not working for $10 an hour because they know how to read. Uh, what? This is a fairly new device, but that's a, that's a good shaila. I mean, what's the what's the over here, if anybody can break in? Would somebody do it for any serious amount? The bottle's not that large in circumference. You take a few ounces, you're not going to notice the difference? You're saying, who, 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 who looks at these things? You have to remember exactly where you left off. From milk okay. to you, yes. But once it's right. used, I don't think it Right. Okay, so maybe you've got to hide the wine and this device. And then, if you, when you leave Stam, you can put the seal, uh, a seal on the wine. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, but it's an interesting shot. They were coming from the other end. I wanted to know. They were asking. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But that's why this thing was created. But it, uh, yeah, they didn't check with the Yerida. It's a Gaisha product. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot to discuss. So Mitzvahim will uh, will uh, will get back to it. Um, okay. Let's go to Nun Beis. Shabbosayim Chayes Yech Bazal Sarat Filav Al Tata Namakabo Atavlin. The bottom part of this glee, which is wood, that that accepts the uh, one that's already ground, the part that's already ground. Eitz Sarat Filav Nei Shakula Eitz. Now the Ramah goes on to say another chiddush in the next page. Rachein, Amashbecha Shar Barzel, Abraza Shar Barzel, Shar Matchas Kulan Tzrichin Tvila. Now, what is this thing that you can tell by the word Mashbecha? The things that are helping you poor. Nun Gimel, Chaim Mashbecha Shar Barzel, Abraza Tzrichin Tvila. Af Alpi Shein Sheisam Mehem Vein Ela Lehechshar Eichol Mekam Kam Tzrichin Tvila Dechol Negev Baechol Tzarech Tvila. Which means these are pictures of sorts. He says, if you have a pot of food that's cooking the food, that requires tefillah with a bracha. So if you have a pitcher, even though you're not drinking straight out of the pitcher, and using it as it's a serving thing, it's a storage thing, it's a serving thing that comes to the table, then everybody holds this chayiv in tefillah. Yeah, could, well, brazos shel barzol, with this, the, uh, what's that? The second part of the Ramah. Yeah, it's, it's something that you're pouring through, but Lamaisa, you're using it in the, in the step before you're eating it. That's all you need. That's something, to, you might not be a full pitch like we'd have today with the thing on the bottom of the earring, but it's, it's, uh, it's something that's used, and his point is, it's, it's being used for food, and it's a step before. 
It just has a metal tip. I guess uh, part of the uh, part of it is is metal, but that's not uh, significant for the use of it. Even though it comes through the metal, this is an important yisoit. This is a very important claw. That you do have a concept of bittel, sort of, that you have something, it's wood or some other non tefillah material, and there's a small part that's metal, and the water or whatever object is going through is actually touching the metal. But had the metal not been here, it would still work. The metal's not really doing a lot, and it's a miyad, then it wouldn't require tefillah. You've got to be careful where you apply this. As I mentioned, like by the curry, something like that, you can have 99% of the machine. Uh, plastic, but the crucial part where it's getting heated is the heating element, and that is metals, and then that would be chayev somewhere to the last part of the Ramah. And, uh, but that's the chiddush of this line. Dafka, the next line of the Ramah, Dafka, Shikra, Kliyu, Shamatechazam, Ikra, Kliyu, Shalates, which is quoted, Rak Shamata, Barzal, Kavua, Boy. Hoyol, next page, Eshul, Shanj, Babla, Barzal, Einzar, Tfilum. Ava Kli, Hamasukim, Yasedish, Shabarzal, Bala, Yasedish, Lai, Eshul, Shamish, Boy. So it has these, uh, these pegs, and it's holding it up. The haim, so A, it's a maimid, but B, we quoted this before, haim bifnim, they're the inside touching the food, and it's a maimid, even though it's a miyut, tzarach tefillah, because it's not something that if you take away, the thing would still work, the thing would fall apart. And that is the chilik. So it's not only a question of the miyut, it's the question of what it's doing. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we'll pick this up tomorrow night.